The royal family, are they imploding? It certainly seems like it. Hello, I'm Brian Lilly, guest host for the Full Comment podcast for this week. We've all been watching the circus, the soap opera that is the royal family for the last few years, last few decades, depending on how old you are. The last little while, though, even if you don't care for the story, it's become impossible to escape, especially with the antics of Harry and Meghan. H&M, as they're now called. There was the Oprah interview, the Netflix specials, the interviews with Anderson Cooper on 60 Minutes, the, Anders- uh, the interview with Tom Bradby on ITV in the UK, and now the book Spare, where we got to learn new words like todger, <laughs> as we figured out what frostbite on a todger meant. What's the end game here? What are Harry and Maggie pl- Megan playing at? Well, before we get to our guest, who I know will have all the answers, all the insights, just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast, and please do make sure that you're subscribing, whether it's on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, anywhere you can get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a comment, leave a like. It always helps us out. But the royal family, how do we how do we analyze what they're doing? What is this end game for Meghan and Harry? Well, Kinsey Schofield is the woman behind the website to dieforcom That's D I dieforcom She's long been a fan, an analyst, a commentator on all things royal and Princess Diana, and she joins me from Los Angeles. Kinsey, thank you so much for the time. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a crazy week for royal watchers and royal commentators. Harry has uh, spilled the beans. He, he, I'm sure that spilling the tea is more appropriate, <laughs> but his is nasty, so I'm going to say beans, not tea. Uh, look, I, I grew up with uh, immigrant parents from Glasgow, and I'd never heard the word todger before <laughs> reading the excerpts of Harry's book where he described getting frostbite on his genitals. Uh, had you ever heard of the word todger? before this book leak. I hadn't, but that's not even the weirdest part for me. The weirdest part is describing using Elizabeth Arden to try to heal it and it being the (laughs) product that his mother put on her her lips and feeling her presence in the room as he put it on her. Who who approved that? You know, at least 45 people read that, heard that before it was released to the public and nobody put their hand up and said, wait, I don't know how this is going to go over in real life. Oh, man. I I hadn't read that part, but I haven't read the book, and I'm torn on whether I will. Uh, Kinsey, I'd like to get your sense of what's going on with the royal family, but I'm going to play a bit of devil's advocate here, because the popular thing to do is to pile on Harry and Meghan. No, it's not. Oh, my gosh. I have been doing this for a year, and I cannot tell you how many people have called me racist, how many people have told me... it's, that is just a new development. The Megan Kellys of the world, the Megan McCains of the world, all of a sudden they jumped on this bandwagon. It's been me, Brian, <laughs> taking the hit for the last year. It has been me. But I, I can feel some sympathy for Harry, which is odd for me. I'll tell you why. As I, I mentioned, uh, immigrant parents from, from Glasgow and Scotland, where the royal family is not overly popular, the family has an Irish Catholic background, makes us even less inclined to, you know, be lovers of the royal family. There were no tea towels with the queen, uh, the queen's face on it in my household growing up. Um, but, you know, I, I appreciate the royal family and, I, you know, being in Canada with our form of government, I appreciate the stability that brings with a, a constitutional monarchy and a parliamentary democracy. And so I, I'm a reluctant fan of the royal family that way. This fight, though, 
is making me see things in a different light. And, and I can feel some sympathy for Harry when he says he's done what he's done to, to protect his family. How are you viewing it as, as someone who is a royal commentator, royal watcher, also a, a woman and an American? Well, yeah, I mean, my country went to war, so we didn't have to deal with them. So I. <laughs> <laughs> but you're all obsessed. Yeah, but, I, but we love them. Um, yes, I think that protecting your family is one thing, but, but for over a year, I said, oh my goodness, almost two years, I said, don't worry about this book. I really think this, this book is going to be a self help book a way for him to elevate himself to you know to become a thought leader he's he runs with the likes or previously ran with the likes of justin trudeau um barack obama our former president he could have continued to utilize those contacts create brand recognition in in spaces like mental health or serving vets once they're once they once they're released from duty he really had a a great opportunity to to be a true leader and so for you know a long time i said don't worry about this book this isn't going to be a tell-all he wouldn't do that this is going to be a man that is going to use this as a platform to build his brand and to get paid millions of dollars to to talk in a room full of stuffy suits this he he completely surprised me with this book why go into the gutter why tear down your family that's not going to protect your family you're what you're in fact doing is stirring the pot which is the exact opposite of protecting your family um you know i understand the context is different than what's been initially reported with the the taliban kills but why even go there what's what's the point I just feel like he could have done so much, and I, I'm disappointed by the route that he's taken. How, I mean, to spend three years complaining about Meghan's 18 working months as a senior member of the royal family, I think most people would say, get over it. That That is a, a context I haven't heard it put in before. Uh, she spent now more time complaining about the job than she the time she had the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry too. I mean, and it's just, I'm sorry that they had a difficult experience over there, but you've moved to America thanks to the kindness or the kindness and selflessness of other people. Tyler Perry putting you on his private jet, flying you over to his home, allowing to live you uh, live there for months, um, providing you with security for all those months. You've moved into a bathroom or a house with 16 bathrooms. You uh, you know you want to live in one of the richest parts of the state of California near people that like you, Ellen, Oprah all of these celebrities, your life is blessed. Let's just move on. Let's talk about how great your life is in America. Kinsey, you said that this book went a different way than you expected. It didn't go the self-help uh, direction. And I think that could have done Harry all kinds of favors if he had gone that, uh, that route. But he went tell-all. And in my view, this book takes tell-all to the next level. It's, you know... It, it, he complains a lot. Harry complains a lot about the Daily Mail and the tabloid press in the UK. This, the details that I've seen are the type of details I would expect if a writer from the Daily Mail was asked, slap together a quick bio of Harry. We need something quick and trashy. He went the trashy route. He took tell-all to a new level. 
did the level of detail, especially on, on, the, on the personal side, on sometimes the growth side, did it surprise you? Absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Well, first of all, he's, you know, as you know, he's suing the Daily Mail. He's very against the Daily Mail. So that's funny that you would use that as a, um, a referral. But specifically, Thomas Markle is criticized in the Netflix documentary, Thomas is Megan's father. She grew up she spent a lot of her youth with Thomas Markle, actually, and you don't really see that throughout the Netflix documentary. But Harry and Meghan criticized Thomas for monetizing his relationship with his daughter and um, her relationship with the royal family. And I have a hard time hearing that when Harry is monetizing his relationship with the, the royal family as well as Meghan monetizing her relationship with the royal family. It all just seems like hypocrisy. And I know people make um, comparisons to Princess Diana in her book with Andrew Morton, Diana, Her True Story. As you'll remember at the time that was written in secret, we had no idea Diana was involved in the um, no idea Diana was involved in that book until after her death when Andrew Morton finally admitted to it. And I think that the objectives were different there. Diana was looking for a way out. This was a step towards that. Harry has found his way out. He's free uh, and he's continuing down this destructive path. You said in a recent television interview that you feel Harry in particular. And we'll talk about the other royals soon. I, I don't want to make this all about H&M. But you said you feel that Harry is making the same mistakes as his mother. What yeah. do you mean by that? Well, I mean, uh, if, you, if you'll remember, just it seems like he's got her playbook in front of him. It seems like he is just checking off a list of things that she executed. When it comes to the Oprah interview, you could throw that back to Martin Bashir. When it comes to this book, you could compare that to Andrew Morton. And I just think he's checking off this list of things going, well, mummy did it. But the reality is at the time of Diana's death, she was not a very popular character. She was the lowest she had been when it came to, you know, the YouGov scores, those types of things. At the time of her death, she was chasing after a man who had a drug problem. And I love Diana. I've built an entire brand around her. But Dodie was a known drug user. He was engaged to another woman. I don't I know if you remember that humiliating press conference that that very famous LA-based attorney Gloria Allred did with Dodie's fiance at the time crying, saying that Diana had broken up her and, and Dodie's relationship. And she ironically had a ring that looked just like Diana's famous engagement ring from Prince Charles. But, you know, she was not the loved character that she is today. Diana became this martyr and became this angelic figure to us upon her last breath. And I do feel like Harry and Meghan look at Diana and define her by this angelic role that the whole world sees. And Diana was a great human who was sincere in her hurt and sincere in her compassion. And and because I felt like she felt like she lacked love in her life, she gave her all to strangers and gave her all to people in need. I do think that that was sincere. But the reality is she died trying to make Hasnick Khan jealous by publicly dating Dodi Fayed. And um, I think that Harry needs to, to really look into her history and understand that 
the decisions she made at the time were not necessarily popular and her decisions had consequences and unfortunately one of those consequences towards the end of her life was her death. The, the claim is often made that it's Harry and Meghan that are starting this fight with the royal family. That if they were just quiet, this would go away. So let me flip that around and say, the, it, whether it's the media in the UK or the media around the world, they can't get enough of Harry and Meghan. And the royal family uh, continues to leak stories about them. Uh, that I, I don't believe for a second that that's just a claim made by Harry and Meghan. I've been in the media business too long. Um, you recognize what a leak is. And, uh, and this is, these are definite leaks. So how does this fighting stop then? If, if Harry and Meghan stop tomorrow, do you, do you actually think that there would stop being stories on them? Often stories that are facilitated by the institution, as they always called it in the Netflix uh, special. Well, I, I first I'd say if you're realistic about the situation, the palace continues to protect Harry and Meghan because if they wanted to hurt Harry and Meghan, they would release the bully report that they, they've had several third parties come in and investigate Meghan's behavior towards staff and the palace decided they wanted no more drama so that they, they locked those reports up because they just wanted to stop the conversation. They don't like the tit for tat that he said, she said that, that, that happens when you respond or when you, um, I mean, that's the never complain, never explain definition right there. Just shut up and hopefully it goes away. There are obviously, you know, I, I've, I had several people ask me straight forward this week, do palace officials contact you and tell you things? Because uh, I broke the story not about ooh, almost a year ago that Harry wanted to half in. Harry and Meghan wanted to work half in, half out. That was with Tom Quinn on, on my podcast. But I, I can honestly say no one's come to me and asked me to leak something. I really only know of a few people that I could consider sources. And one is somebody that works in the vicinity and hears things that but it's gossip on top of gossip on top of gossip there's no way that william is telling this person i want you to go leak a story about avocados and then another is like a hairdresser so so i while i understand what you're saying and while i'm sure that there have been leaks i don't really know what the reality is that they're coming fast and furious right now. I mean, there's no relationship between Harry and the royal family, so there's nothing to leak at this point in time. But the idea that Camilla was leaking stories, which he, he really, he, he points the finger at a lot. I know that Camilla leaked stories to Diana in the night, about Diana in the 90s. There was actually a reporter that came out and admitted that she gave him a few stories about Diana in the 90s. And then all of a sudden, he swiftly changed his tune and said, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I never had a relationship <laughs> with her. Um, so I know that that happened. But after Diana's death, Camilla was vilified. She was terrified. She hated the negative press coverage and feared it immensely. And so um, 
Prince Charles had somebody come in named Mark Boland who did a complete rebrand of Camilla. I mean, there are stories about people throwing bread at Camilla in a grocery store. Charles denies that that ever happened, but they've lived long enough that, you know, maybe there is some truth to it. But Charles brought in a man named Mark Boland who wanted to do the complete rebrand of Camilla. And I do believe that they probably shared some negative stories about Prince Harry as a teenager to elevate Camilla's brand. But boy, did he give them plenty to work with. I don't know. I really don't know if if Charles and Camilla are sitting around sharing negative stories about their son now. I would hope we'd be past that. I would hope that we would be beyond something like that. Um, but I don't know at this point in time. There's no relationship there. So stories right now are not coming out about Harry and Meghan because the palace are leaking them. They There is no communication. If Harry and Meghan want to contact any member of the royal family today, they have to go through a law firm. The royal family won't even take their calls. Wow. That is a relationship breakdown. Uh, speaking with Kinsey Schofield, we're going to take a quick break, come back with more, including, uh, Kinsey, one thing that I want to to get into is, could this have been avoided? There's an old saying in politics, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And a lot of work goes into keeping enemies inside the tent in politics. Royal family is very much about politics. So when we come back, I want to ask you about that. Kinsey, we were talking previously about all the fights. We were talking about how Prince Harry has revealed so much, how you mentioned that he can't even speak to his family unless he goes through a law firm. Could this have been avoided? You know, in politics, it's better to keep somebody who's upset, who's part of your team, but is upset with you inside the tent rather than have them outside the tent shooting inwards. I think that that's a good point. Um, I do think that everybody's disappointed by this situation because no matter what, you started out loving Harry and Meghan. I know I did. <laughs> I loved Harry and Meghan. Um, I th and, and they could have done a lot for the royal family. But there is a stubbornness within the men of the Windsor household. There is a, a temper within the men of the, the Windsor household. And, you know, there's this fight that Harry describes within the book where Willie shoves him down, breaks his necklace, and then Harry proceeds to break a dog bowl when he falls on top of it. Um, that to me sounds like a man that believes what he's saying, and that th that's a passionate fight. And the fight was about s employees of Kensington Palace going the proper HR route reporting something to a manager who reported something to a senior manager, this inevitably trinkles up to Prince William. And William approached Harry at his home and said, we have got to talk about the way that Meghan is behaving. We've lost several staff members. They're accusing her of bullying. I think she's rude. I think she's abrasive. And this is something we have to deal with. Now, Harry rejects William's claim, says it's the employees that are the problem. But then in Harry's book, he goes on to describe working in their offices and having staff members crying at their desk. That's a toxic work environment, Harry. I know you've 
never had a job. I know you haven't worked the, the drive-through at McDonald's, but you're not supposed to cry regularly at your desk if you are going to work every day. That is not a typical Tuesday for most people. Um, of course, it has been in some of the newsrooms I've worked in, but that's another story. Uh, but yeah, so the idea that, that Harry and, and William got into this nasty fight, it, it to me, it's... It's William is very passionate about this. He believes what his employees are saying. And Harry's the one that's not going to give an inch. That doesn't say, okay, well, maybe I'll, we'll hire an assistant to that Megan communicates that she's comfortable with. And then that assistant communicates everything to everybody else. There were solutions. Harry just refused to acknowledge the problem. And I firmly believe that the problem was the way that Megan communicated. And it has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with the fact that Megan is a self-made American woman who probably is a little abrasive in her communication. Americans, we work around the clock. So yes, you are probably going to get an email at 2 a.m. or 5 a.m. because we wake up and think about something and we shoot that email over. Uh, I think that it's just a, a culture clash at the end of the day. Does the royal family survive this? Oh, I mean, yeah. They, they, Are you they kidding do? me? Yes. Are you kidding me? Uh, if, if the royal family was going to go down, it would have been that love triangle, Charles, Camilla, and Diana. The difference between this situation and that is that, I mean, I think the majority of the people, after all of all is said and done, are siding with the royal family because they can't believe all of the dirty laundry that's been aired. I mean, I'm looking at this thinking about Joey Buttafuoco. This is giving very much tabloid vibes, right? Like, Joey, what are the Lorena Bobbitt? It's sending me back into the 80s and the 90s with all of this content that Harry's sharing that's so unnecessary. Necessary. It does give you those flashes of old school tabloids that are so outrageous when you see the headlines at the grocery store in the aisle. They're so outrageous that you go, this can't be true. Oh my God, you open it up. And yes, Harry is talking about his peen. Um, so I think that this is something that they can overcome. Absolutely. Uh, the King Charles, his his poll numbers went up immensely upon the death of Queen Elizabeth. Camilla got a boost too. People are super excited for Prince William to inevitably become king one day. They love Catherine, the Princess of Wales. So I, I think that while Harry might have hurt the brand a little bit, he doesn't care. His objective is to build a brand in America where the the stuff he shared will only elevate him. Look at what the Kardashians have done with the, for themselves with a sex tape. Harry's got nothing on that. Harry can share as much as he wants. People are going to eat it up here. People are going to love him. But in the UK... Is, is that the end game, though? You mentioned the Kardashians, and I, I said off the top, we're trying to figure out what the end game is for Meghan and Harry. Is their goal to become an just like the Kardashians, famous for being famous? I, I don't know what you do after some of this, because I was really under the impression that Meghan had political aspirations. She had what uh, she was doing these uh, virtual tours with Kamala Harris, Hillary Clinton, Stacey Abrams, which are all high profile Democrats here in the United States, female Democratic leaders. I was under the impression that Meghan wanted to pursue politics, but I don't know how you pursue politics with a husband that will talk so openly about, you know, cocaine use and um, 
you know, smoking dope outside of Tyler Perry's house while his baby and his wife are sleeping inside. I don't think that that's a positive reflection on, on him or his family. And I don't know if Americans would be excited to have that in the White House. So I, I don't know if they're really, I'd say looking at what's been released over the last month or two based on the Netflix docu-series and the autobiography, how do you not pursue anything but entertainment? I think you are limiting yourself to podcasts and producing content for Netflix. I don't really think you can be a ser taken seriously as a thought leader when not only the content of the book, but he looks so vindictive and angry throughout the series of interviews he's done. I don't know. Like, you know, have you seen our prime minister? He's done many of the things that you talk about and uh, it's been reported and, and he keeps getting elected. So yeah, maybe well, Americans looks, are different. He looks like a Disney prince. Maybe that's what this, his secret yeah, is. Yeah, kind of does. So in terms of popularity, the UK, very negative impressions of both Meghan and Harry. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the latest YouGov numbers. 69% have a very negative impression of Prince Harry. 17% a fairly negative. Only 9% have any kind of positive view of him. For Meghan, it's 73% very negative, 14% fairly negative, and just 8% have any kind of positive view of them. What's your sense of Meghan and Harry in the United States? Um, I know you said that it's starting great on people, but are... are Given the celebrity culture, does their uh, does their star continue to rise? Um, well, I do know that when I I worked with a polling company not too long ago to put just a comparison together of William and Catherine and Meghan and Harry and Kate was, um, I'd say knocked knocked it out of the park for popularity here in the states so if we're just comparing the former royals harry and Meghan, to the current royals i do think that statistically the royal family dominates over harry and Meghan. but harry and Meghan, you know they were smart they came over here and immediately started that victim narrative that the united states just goes gaga over the jesse smollett amber heard you know woe is me I think that that they were that was a key strategy that Harry and Meghan used as quickly as they you know settled down here in the states, and there are people in the in America that are idiots and will gladly follow that. You know, I think most people look at it and go, "Really, you were you, you live a life of privilege, Meghan." Um, I highly doubt that that half of these things went on that you're saying. I mean. They told us during the Oprah Winfrey interview that their child was denied security, that their child was denied uh, his rightful title because there was, you know, any percent of black in him. That was a lie. That was a bold-faced lie. Harry turns around and tells ITV, we never said they were racist. Okay, well, there's another lie because I just gave you the example. But then he goes on to Anderson Cooper the same night several hours later and tells Anderson Cooper that his family didn't get along with Meghan Markle because of stereotypes. For instance, she's black, biracial. So you're calling them racist again. So obviously they're playing our countries against each other because of the narrative. They know that the UK 
is offended when they say that there's racism there so that they're they're trying to shut that down but he forgets that the internet exists and comes over to america and says yeah my family's racist they're playing our countries against each other they're playing our our news, our news sources against each other. Americans are afraid to criticize Harry and Meghan. American media organizations are afraid to criticize Harry and Meghan because you're told you're racist if you do that, because the UK is racist for criticizing them. It's all very sick. It's all very warped. And I think it's all very planned. Just before I get on to the next point, uh, uh, Newsweek did have a poll out at the beginning of December around the time the Netflix special dropped. And uh, Megan was liked by 43% of Americans, disliked by 20%, meaning the other uh, remaining, what, 37% just don't know or care. A uh, little bit less popular than Kate, uh, who's liked by 52%, but, you know, 40% approval rating is, is not horrible. It's in line with most presidents. I just, I just correct you right there really quickly, though. Newsweek is one of the magazines that worked close, that worked with Harry and Meghan, were very positive about Harry and Meghan, and over the last few weeks have have started to question Harry and Meghan. Jack Royson, I believe, is the journalist over there who was just ate everything up that they said. He he reported some of those statistics that were not true about Megan being bullied on online that Twitter actually shut down and said these statistics are not true. Um, he, and he's actually come around over the last few weeks, I'd say the last two weeks, and started pointing out some of the inconsistencies within Harry and Megan's stories and has said you guys have got to change the narrative you've got to change your tune and you've got to look forward because people are sick about hearing about the same old same old victimhood narrative so variety newsweek cnn the today show these are some of the outlets that have previously been very glowing of the sussexes here in the states that are actually starting to question their motives over the last few weeks if and I understand that, but and and I know you've pointed out that Jimmy Kimmel is even making fun of him in skits. But if your goal is Kardashian like celebrity, then that doesn't really matter because it, well, it's more publicity. I mean, Kim Kardashian sex tape has never hurt her. Uh, some of the things that have happened to that family do not hurt them. They just make more money. Yeah, I mean, if that is their end game, then yes, they're on a, they're on a good track, right? <laughs> I'm sure they're giving each other high fives. In terms of playing the media against each other, um, and, and as you pointed out, the internet, yeah, that that thing goes across the the ocean, and and you can see that they're saying one thing to Tom Bradby and one thing to Anderson Cooper. If you want, it's kind of like in Canada, you know. We've got 25% of the country is, is French. Politicians used to try and say one thing in English, one thing in French. Well, <laughs> guess what? Some of us speak both languages. Maybe not well, but there's also Google Translate now. And you can, you can find these things out. Harry has been incredibly, and Meghan, have been incredibly um, inconsistent in their comments. And, and as you point out, playing one issue in, in the States versus another issue in in the UK is do you think that he's really trying to push the narrative that the royal family is racist in America because that will get him sympathy in the US that he wouldn't get in the UK yes I mean short answer is yes I think that that being victims has has become a very lucrative brand for the Sussexes and 
you know, when they when they originally left the royal family, ultimately the Americans wanted to protect them. We were very protective of them, and we thought, no, come over here, we'll take care of you. Because we were so horrified by the death of his mother, and because we felt like we grew up with him, and wanted to protect him, and wanted to take care of him, because we saw such a huge loss for him, and that was devastating for us too. So I do think that they play play each other when it comes to. Um, or they play the, the, the press when it comes to racism. Um, and I just, what is the ultimate objective? It's friends like Oprah, it's friends like Tyler Perry, it's friends like Gail King that goes on CBS and says, we have receipts, the royal family was racist. They've made some high profile friendships and contacts that do elevate them and, and elevate their brand. And, um, you know, there's been no proof. They've shown us no proof of the alleged royal racist that they now deny exists. Just sh if you have receipts, if you have any of any proof of it whatsoever, show us and we will defend you greatly. But at this point in time, it just feels like you're tr you're, it's trash for cash and your popularity soars and interest in you soars when there's another headline like this. Harry specifically says to Anderson Cooper, at some point, silence is betrayal. Well, if there's really not a, a racist within the royal family, then why did you spend two years not fighting that narrative? You allowed that narrative to continue. Yeah, in one of the interviews, he said, it wasn't me that said that we're racist. It was uh, the media. I know, yeah. Like, what? Uh, I mean, d to say... And tell me if I'm wrong, but to tell us that a family member questioned your child's skin color because of that child's skin color, you would not receive the, the title that was in, that is inherited, historically inherited, which, by the way, that was not true. The only reason that William's children were princes and princesses was because the queen stepped in and did that specifically because William was the heir. Um, so that was that's not how it typically goes. Harry Harry was not his children were not automatically going to be princes and princesses as, until King Charles became king and, and ascended to the throne. And then that's actually a choice now that Charles is going to make based on Harry and Meghan's activity and their their actions. But tell me if I'm wrong. Your child is not going to be a prince because he's black. Your child is not going to get security because he's black. Also, we're worried about how black he's going to be. That sounds pretty racist to me. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it definitely is. Now, let me ask you about something that, that Harry raised several times in the, the Netflix documentary, that because of his wife's race and because of the composition of the Commonwealth, that they, the royal family lost out on an opportunity to work with him and with Meghan to showcase her and say look we've got somebody in the family who is more representative of the people that make up the commonwealth do you put any stock in that or uh, you know did the royal family miss that opportunity or did harry and meghan poison that possibility with their actions i i do think that they poison that possibility with their actions you know we are I know you, you, it sounds like you work in a newsroom, you know, how great are we when we work together? How great is it when there is good chemistry and there is teamwork and no one thinks that they are the star of the show, but everyone is just trying to contribute um, mm -hmm. as much as they can. And I just think that that's where the disconnect was, that they weren't willing to be team players, that they had their own agendas and that they 
I don't know. They, they, they just seem to have their own agendas and want, want their own thing. And when they didn't get it, they became difficult and they be, and you know, they, there's, it's not one sided. Harry and Meghan released, Harry and Meghan released stories too. I'll give you an example. Ha knowing that Meghan sent a wreath during Prince Philip's funeral. Do you remember when that story leaked? Even the, what the card said inside the card that hadn't, didn't even look open when it was on the screen. Somebody released that Harry, that Harry and Meghan sent a wreath that Meghan specifically sent this wreath during Prince Philip's mm -hmm. funeral. Here's what's inside. Uh, you know, there are arguments that this, the the Megxit, which they claim was leaked by the palace. Harry specifically says it was leaked by the palace. There are arguments that that story was actually leaked by Meghan, that Harry and Meghan were planning on leaving the company or the, the country. Because <laughs> it is a bit of a company as well. <laughs> yeah, the, the institution, the company, the country. That, that Meghan actually had her friends leak that story to Dan Wooten, who was working at The Sun at the time and who actually is the one that, that um, broke that story. There are rumors that Meghan's friends leaked that to Dan because Meghan wanted to scare the royal family into giving them everything they wanted. So these leaks are not one-sided. Harry and Meghan are, are, were playing games behind the scenes too. It's going to be a fascinating next little while because I don't think this story is going to stop Kinsey I think it's going to continue and um, we will continue to watch the headlines continue to watch you and, and lap it all up while saying we just want them to stop <laughs> yeah help <laughs> thank you very much for the time today thank you this has been Full Comment. It's a post-media podcast. My name is Brian Lilly, guest host for this week. This episode was produced by Andre Pru with theme music by Bryce Hall. Kevin Libin is the executive producer. And do remember, you can subscribe to Full Comment on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and more. Listen through the app on your Alexa-enabled device. And you can help us by giving us a rating or leaving a review. And by the way, tell your friends about it. Share it on social media. Until next time, I'm Brian Lilly. Thanks for listening.